This is episode 364 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today we're going to talk about something that if you have been raised as a woman is 100% part of your life, something that I call the good girl syndrome. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going to Beyond the Food Show, the only podcast that teaches you how to reshape your mind, not your body, to make your life better, bigger, and bolder, your undieted life. I'm your host, Stephanie Dozier, reformed dieter, nutritionist, and coach. You ready? Let's do this. Welcome back, my dear listener. This is the greatest hit episode, and it's an episode I recorded years ago and that I've been using as a resource in all of my program, all of my training that I do, because it is that good. It's called the good girl syndrome. And I'm going to ask you this. Do you remember being told when you were young that you were a good girl or that you needed to be a good girl. That's what we're gonna talk about today. It's something that most of us know it's there, but we don't know it's there. You know what I'm saying? We've all been told, we have all been socialized and conditioned to be a good girl as women, but we don't realize the impact of that socialization in our life today. I discovered the good girl syndrome in my early 40s. And when I was able to name that thing, which is now the good girl syndrome, I was blown away by how it had dictated, literally dictated, how I lived my life up to then. And that's what's so powerful about conditioning. Conditioning is when we are being repeated over and over again to adopt certain beliefs, certain behavior, and it is so profoundly done, not only in our family, but in our school system, in marketing, in all our socialized eventing that we are exposed to, all the relationship we're exposed to, and it's repeated everywhere in such a way that we think it's the truth. It just become part of who we are. It's like we're wearing these glasses that we don't even know we're wearing until somebody points out that you actually have a pair of glasses on your nose and then you, you try to take them off and you're like, oh my God, I do have a pair of glasses and you take them off and like all of a sudden the world looks different and then you go turn around, <laughs> literally that's what I'm doing right now, I turn around 180, now that I don't have those glasses on, oh my God. That's how my life has been up to now. But here's the thing. Once you're made aware that those glasses are there, you have the opportunity to take them off and live the rest of your life differently. The way we are raised as women, 
has an impact on our relationship to food, an impact of how we engage with our body, but how we engage with our whole life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this conditioning that I call the good girl syndrome, how it shows up in your life. And I'm going to go through a number of signs and symptoms. So you can, if you're doubting me and you're like, I'm not sure about this, I'm going to give you signs and symptoms so you can tell if the good girl syndrome is present in your life and how it impacts food and body and what happened or what is possible for to happen in your life when you say no to it. Enjoy this episode and my request from you is if it serves you, please send it, share it with as many women as you can. It has the power to change the future for the next generation of women. Enjoy. Hello, sisters. Welcome back. Do I have something epic for you today? Since this is a podcast that is 99.9% a women audience or people identifying as women, I can almost guarantee you that what we're going to talk about today is present in your life. For most of us, until the veil is pulled from it, we are living it almost unknowingly. We think that's just the way of life because we don't know anything else. You see, we've been raised to be good girls. And if you were present in my office with me, you would see me using air quotes. Because it's true, we were raised as women to be good girls. We've been raised by mothers who themselves were raised to be good girls. And by grandmother who raised our mothers as good girls. So... No surprise that we attempt to live our life as women to be a good girl. That is until someone points it out to us. So let's step back here for a minute. What the heck is the good girl syndrome? The good girl syndrome is a way of being that is being thought to us as young girls. It's like a character we're asked to play. We are socialized as young girls to be polite, to be modest, to be quiet, not to argue, not to fight, to fit into the norm, and to play within the parameters of the norm. We're giving dolls instead of trucks. We're taken to figure skating instead of hockey because that's more like being a good girl. And you see, as we get older, it's reinforced to us to be reasonable in our demands, to get things right the first time, because making mistake means we're not smart. And to have good grades, because it means that we're smart. To be creative, but not too much, because following instruction is very important to develop our individuality, but not too much, so we can still fit in societal norm. 
Do what everyone else is doing. And very important, don't do anything unexpected. And this one is very important. Live up to other people's expectation of you. Yes, it does matter how you feel, but it's much more important to manage how others feel about you. The young girls that we were once vivacious, active, vocal, we become quiet and confused. I was raised to be a good girl, just like all of you. Here's how it played out in my life. I was raised to be a good girl, one that is educated, polite, respectful, that manages very effectively what other people thought of me. When I was younger, I had to get good grades in school. I was expected to have a very prolific career as I grew up. And even today, when I look at people around me, they expect me to have a very profitable business because that is what people expect from me. When I was younger, when it was about grades in school, I responded very well to those expectations. I was the perfect student, praised by her teacher. I was quiet. I was disciplined. I was polite. I did my own work on time. I volunteered in school for supplemental tasks. I didn't stand out. And if I did, I was punished for it. Oh, and I stayed quiet because I didn't want to be different because different was bad. I'm going to give you an example of how this actually played out in my life. And I'd love to hear from you if it relates to something that may have happened in your life. In grade seven, I had a surgery in my hip that forced me to stay at home for three months. No school for three months. And one of my teacher was hired by my parent to come home and tutor me. So I kept up with my schooling. And I remember one day among the many sessions we have, she pointed out to my parents how my writing was not to standards and its appearance. I was making my letter bigger, so I spilled out of the line. Remember those old <laughs> book we had in school where we had lines and we had to write within the lines? I made my letters bigger, and I was taking too much room, and my writing was slightly crooked on the side, just a little bit. So my writing style was different than what was expected of me, and that was not okay. So I was put to the task by my parents to change my writing, to bring it back to, air quote, the norm. Although this event in itself is very little, it left a deep impact on me. It sent the message very clearly, don't be different. And I still have memories of me sitting at that dining room table with my parents looking up my shoulder, practicing my proper writing style. And coincidentally, just a few months later, my body became out of norm. The answer, I was taken to Weight Watcher, starting a 25-year dieting career. 
an attempt at first to fit the norm of what my body should look like and what my weight should be to please societal norm, to control myself and my body. And back in the 80s, what everyone was doing was if you didn't fit the mold as a woman, you went to Weight Watcher and you ate low fat. The truth is I was trying to fit patriarchy's expectation of what a woman's body should look like. Though back at that age, I didn't know it was patriarchy's expectation. It's just what I was told, taught, socialized, and what ultimately I ended up internalizing of what my body should look like. And back in the 90s, that was a Kate Moss body (laughs) for all of the 80s child here, a wayfish, extremely thin, and what we used to call an Aaron Schick body. Because my body could not be different from that. And I spent 25 years chasing that body. Why? Because I wanted to be a good girl. It's not only my experience and the one of my client, but it's actually facts. There's a study by Stanford University that was done with people of both sex, men and women. And that study reported that the most desirable adjective to describe women were compassionate, warm, cheerful, soft-spoken, and loyal. All qualities of a good girl. On the other end, when the same participant, remember, of both sex, were asked to list desirable adjective for men, they listed independent, assertive, dominant, and decisive. Apparently, women's most desirable when they are soft and men when they are strong. And what's very important about this study is that it was people from both sex. This socialization to the good girl syndrome is so well executed that we don't even know that we're stuck in it. And we expect that from ourselves and from other women in our life. And these expectations create enormous fear in us as women. Because we are afraid of being too assertive. We are afraid of not being good enough. And we live an all-purpose anxiety lifestyle, trying incessantly to fit the good girl image. We want to be sexy, but not too sexual. We want to be skinny, but we also need to be healthy. We want to be smart, but not too smart. The contradiction and the messages of contradiction are endless and a source of a lot of pain, anxiety, self-doubt, and shame for us as women. And we don't even know why it's happening to us. When these expectations are placed upon us as young girl, and we don't know that we can be anything else, we grow up to be women who don't know why. But we don't want to take space because good girls shouldn't take space, right? So we stump our assertiveness because we don't want to be too aggressive or in the context of career, too bossy. We quiet our voice. And I see that 
I'm coaching a group of non-diet professional to learn the non-diet way, the beyond the food method, and also to start their non-diet business. And I put them in front of a camera right from month one. Why? Because I want to teach them to take space. And it's so interesting when you watch those videos, how quiet some of the voices are, because we're afraid of taking space. This is so relevant for us in our world of struggling with food and body image, because as a result of this training of the socialization, we hide our body. When our body is not to the norm, what I call a non-conforming body, we hide it in black outfit. For me, as a six foot tall woman, that started very young. I have memories of me being in grade school. We used to make rows to walk into the school and I was always at the back. I was the tallest of the entire class and taller than boys. And that was unacceptable. When we are socialized to be good girls, we grow up to be women who don't know why, but we don't express our strength. That is our character strength to our physical strength. We have to be soft. We can't be strong. And when we are strong, we are ashamed for it. I have vivid memories of that in my first career in the world of business, in the, those who don't know, in the retail industry, a world back in the 90s that was dominated by the big boys club, as I used to call it, where all white men, older white men, and part of the business industry, which you are in that area, we shake hands. When we meet people, it's a tradition to shake hands. And if not, I swear to you, hundreds of times, maybe even thousands of times, men remarked on how strong my handshake was because it wasn't the norm. Women weren't supposed to shake hands with strength and determination. So right away, men notice. But for me, it was actually a mark of who I was. I wanted to be strong in this world dominated by men. And it was a note of rebellion, if you want. And that helped me contribute to my ability to break the glass ceiling in my career and establish the possibility for other women to go as far as I went in the retail industry. And it started by a simple handshake with strength, which I wasn't supposed to be or do. When we unknowingly strive to be a good girl, we grow up to be women who don't know why, but we freaking struggle with our emotion. Are you with me? Because the good girl syndrome erodes our ability to know, express, and manage a complete range of emotion because it's unacceptable for us to have these emotion. We should always be in a good mood, always be patient with people, always taking care of people. We'll get into that in just a minute. But when we have the emotion that we weren't supposed to have, we don't know what to do with them. So we numb these emotions. 
And that's when thy culture comes in the back and says to us, you shouldn't be numbing with food. Emotional eating is bad. And here's where it gets worse. We believe thy culture. We believe that eating because of our emotion is a bad thing. And it keeps us in the loop of self-doubt and shame. Here's the last one. If you struggle with people pleasing as a grown-ass woman, listen to this. I know that's the vast majority of my client, so I can only extend that is the vast majority of you. As a good girl, you were trained to be a people pleaser. So as adult, accomplished women, unknowingly, we continue to believe that we should be selfless. We limit the expression of our needs. We don't take care of our needs because we need to prioritize other people's need so that they have a good opinion of us, so that they accept us, so that they think of us as a good girl. We feel guilty to take time for ourselves, to spend our own money that we earn on ourselves. We feel guilty to say no to people when they cross our boundaries. And sometimes we don't even have boundaries. We feel guilty for going for a walk when we think that's what we need. And that culture rears its voice in the back of our head because our body isn't up to par. We should not be going for a walk. We should be sweating our buns off. Because thy culture is clear that we don't deserve to care for our body until it's up to par. All of these behavior that we want to tame, that it is around food, our body image, the mean girl's voice in our head, we want to tame. The cycle of self-sabotage and self-doubt are not a sign that anything is wrong with us, but instead that there is potential within us that we have a duality within ourselves. We have the good girl syndrome, this idealistic idea of what it is to be a woman in this world versus the empower, smart, grown-ass women that you truly are. And that duality causes the behavior that you so dearly want to change. Once women become aware of this phenomenon of duality within our program, that the idea of being a good girl is one of the most common place and common learning that our student says held them back and caused them pain in their life. But once they know it and they realize what is happening, they automatically find the power to say, hell no. We claim our power back when we go beyond the food from being a good girl. We move away from perfectionism to accountability. We learn to think differently. We learn to please ourselves, to engage with food differently as an intuitive eater instead of a dieter trying to shrink our body to fit what is expected of us as a good girl. We learn to accept ourselves and our body and take space. 
We claim our imperfection as a source of power. We stop trying to be a good girl and being complicit in our own disempowerment. And that automatically gives us our power back. And as you start diving into this work, you cannot stop but think about the next generation of women and how our own personal choice today makes it easier for them to be who they're meant to be and not a good girl. Because remember, we were thought to be a good girl by our own female leaders in our life, that it is your caregiver, that it is your mother, your grandmother. The only people who can stop that cycle is us women. And that's the groundwork we do inside of the going beyond the food method. And that's why when perhaps you attempted to quit diet culture and got stuck, it's not because stopping dieting is hard. What is hard is to change our thoughts, to change those contradiction thoughts in our head wants us to be a good girl and what we're trained to be instead who we are meant to be. And that duality, that contradiction is what drives the urge to use food to numb. When we do this work beyond the food, we learn to feel our emotion and not make it mean anything about ourselves. And we start going through the process of stopping worrying about hurting other people's feeling more than our own. Can I get a hell yes on this? And one of the most important step in this, and that comes true so strongly in our mindset work is knowing our own self-worth outside of what our body looks like. Because patriarchy taught us so young and so strongly that we as women have to be good girls in a normal body. And reclaiming your space, your body, your worth automatically makes you not a good girl. And heck, who wants to be a good girl once you understand how deeply it shows up in your life? And that's the work beyond the food. And that's why so many women struggle with stopping dieting because they don't understand the depth of where their desire to diet comes from. So if you want to start shedding that character of a good girl, we start with mindset first. How to change your thoughts and deeply rooted socialization and internalization of what it means to be a woman. And as a result, the peace with food and body comes naturally. I love you, and I look forward to hang out with you on the next episode. If you are loving what you're learning on the podcast, you have to come and check out Undiet Your Life. This is where we get to hang out together, where you get the individual help applying the concept thought on the podcast while learning new coaching tools that will make your life even more amazing. 
It's also where you get to apply the learning to think better, eat better, and feel better and create your undieted life, your better, bigger, and bolder life. Go to stephaniedoze.com forward slash join. I'd love to have you join us inside of Undiet Your Life, and I'll see you on the other side.